Today, This American Dice presents Trophy Dark, a tabletop role-playing game of dark forests, doomed treasure hunters, and a world woven on a loom of rumor, history, and myth. Trophy Dark is a game designed by Jesse Ross, published by The Gauntlet and Hedge Maze Press. Beyond the forest lies a jagged rocky coast where, for generations now, a small seaside village has observed the rites of green tide. Each spring, as the first green shoots emerge, village elders weave sapling branches and seaweed into an effigy in the likeness of a young woman. The sculpture is filled with gifts before it is cast into the waves as an offering to the Queen of Tides, along with the prayers for a bountiful catch and protection from storms. This ancient tradition harkens back to an age when the ancestors would crown a young woman as the Tide Queen and offer her to the sea in sacrifice. Chieftains and princes would travel far to attend the ceremony, pledging gold, jewels, and the finest crafts. To this day, local fishermen never leave shore without paying their respects, for the tide, they say, must have its due. Strange as the customs of an isolated village may be, it has not escaped the notice of keen treasure hunters such as yourselves that centuries of offerings and shipwrecks have left a great hoard of untouched riches beneath the waves. You know of the island offshore where the offerings are tipped overboard. You've heard rumors of a cove there, just visible at low tide. Superstitious villagers avoid it. But you know better than to believe their tales. Hello. It's me, David. We're playing Trophy Dark. Oh my gosh, so many people are here. At least three. Um, I'm gonna go in clock clockwork order. Clockwork order. Mm -hmm. I think Clockwise. so. Yeah. So there, thank you. <laughs> That's the one. Actually, you're all robots, so starting with Austin, I guess. <laughs> TikTok. Hello. It's me, Austin. And the thing I learned at some point was I guess in some other countries they say anti-clockwise rather than counterclockwise. I was watching a movie and I, a guy said that and I was like, yeah, I don't think this guy's American. And I'm like, yep, he is not. And that one word was like what threw it off. Where I'm like, I don't think this guy is from the U.S. He's that's a weird term. Is that like old like Windershins or something like the really old version of that? Never heard, that. heard that. Yeah, <laughs> I, said he, be... I said he was wasn't from the United States. I didn't say he was a time traveler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I might have to confirm that later. But I'm pretty sure that's like the antiquated term for that Windershins. Does it relate to like winding? Your guess oh, is good as mine. Does. I bet it does. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm Jacob. I think I'm also. I think if we're all seeing the same, which sometimes people don't, but if we're all seeing the same uh, structure, then I'm the next in clockwise order. So we passed the test. We know what you, clockwise you is. <laughs> Perfect. And um. Uh, I'm Justin. I was here for Lasers and Feelings, and I'm here for another thing to go through feelings for. <laughs> All right. Oh, we should ask if either of you guys want to plug any stuff. I know, Justin, you have a thing. I don't know, Jacob, if you have anything you'd want to tell people to check out. Um, yeah, check us out. Uh, I run a 5e D&D game every Tuesday at around 830. Uh, the junk drawer show, like a junk drawer that you have in your kitchen. Uh, we're going to go on a slight hiatus. So hopefully by the time this comes out, we're back from set hiatus. But you can find us at 
thejunkdrawershow.com with all our links. I'm so good at promoting you guys. <laughs> well done. Good Thank you. As well. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> I saw a picture on Reddit, I think, yesterday that was just a drawer with a tiny Allen wrench in it, and it said, I witnessed the birth of a junk drawer today. <laughs> Always a beautiful thing, birth and witnessing one. <laughs> That's why you're not allowed in hospitals anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm not allowed within like 50 feet of a Chuck E. Cheese either. There you go. So that's kind of the setup here. We've traveled, who knows, from far and wide to get these uh, these treasures that these idiot villagers cast aside. So with that in mind, um, oh, and do look at the, the lines and veils if you get a second. But before, before that, let me see if I can actually show this on here. That might be easier. Yeah, perfect. Okay. So I think you guys can see that on uh, StreamYard now, if you so choose. Right? Yeah. So this is the kind of the character sheet here. I've already plugged in the options for this one in particular. So you just have a few questions to uh, kind of fill out. If you click on those arrows, there's a bunch of names. And you, these are kind of like guidelines. So if none of these names really speaks to you, you can kind of make up your own based on what they have there. You also want to pick an occupation, a background, and a drive. And again, those, uh, especially the drive, you can kind of view that as a suggestion if you think of a, a way to amend that or if that kind of inspires something different, go for it. And once you pick those, they will populate skills for you. And once you have those picked out, it kind of explains the rituals here. Every, this is kind of a supernatural world, I guess. It's like a fantasy. So there is kind of magic, but magic's always bad <laughs> for the most part. And you can kind of, everyone has access to it. They're kind of these uh, sort of dark rituals. So you can't necessarily kind of do them, uh, I don't know if an owl bear was running at you, but you can do them... Um, when you have some quiet time and maybe some, you know, I don't know, a lack of self-preservation because <laughs> it's always a uh, sort of dangerous to do these rituals, but you can pick a, yeah, you can pick from this list of ones to already know, but for each one you pick, it's going to lower your ruin by one or sorry, raise it by one. So the, uh, it makes you one step closer to, uh, being ruined. <laughs> Once you ever get a, your ruin ever goes to a six, then you're kind of, yeah, ruined. You're either lost uh, mentally, physically, both spiritually, who knows? You're lost in the worst way possible. It's a bad thing. There are There is one way to get ruined back, but it's uh, not, not pleasant. So if you want your ruin to start at one, so you'd have the, uh, I don't know, kind of the, the best chance of survival, then pick no rituals. But you can pick up to three, I believe, to make it that would put it at four. And you don't have to worry about conditions right now. And you don't especially don't have to worry about fate. That'll be your, your last thing you do for your character. Are there any kind of questions on those? You said there are sample things. Um, if we're in this um, if we're in this sheet, 
in this Google Doc or whatever it's called, or Google Sheet. Yeah. How do you how do you get to those? Because I'm clicking the things for like character name, and it's not. Yeah, there's a tiny little dot or a triangle, I guess. When I click it. on that, like drive, it says your drive is the reason you hunt for treasure. Yeah. Um, so are the ones that don't have that, they don't have suggestions or additional information? I think the issue might be that we have it as view only. Yes, oh, does it we cannot, you... I, I can't change mm -hmm. nothing at the moment. Well, that's very important. Well, in the yeah, meantime, I, can... request. I think I can change that pretty easily. Um, also, do you have a um, tab at the bottom that says character options? Mm -hmm. Okay. You can go there and kind of see the whole list too. And that's probably a, an easier way to do it actually anyway. Okay. <clears throat> I sent oh. a uh, request as well. I don't know if there's an easy way for you to like see the request and uh, accept it or something. Maybe it's sent to your email. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think there's a way to do it in Google Sheets too. I'll try and figure that out. But you, you kids have a look while I figure that out. Uh -huh. I think I did figure it out. If you uh, refresh that, you should be able to edit it now. I always forget to do that, especially when I'm on video. Is that better okay. for you, Austin? Yeah, it works. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, just when you had mentioned that, I was like, I don't see those things. Uh, no, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. That would have been very hard to do <laughs> otherwise. Okay. And I guess what while you um, folks are poking around at that too, uh, I should uh, also point out the lines and veils tab, the the first one on the left. I was kind of explaining this uh, off camera for a bit, but um, yeah, actually, uh, Justin, are you familiar with uh, lines and veils at all? I am not. Okay, cool. I will uh, explain that real fast then. So um, there's a kind of like just very general list of things that people don't like to see in games sometimes uh, that I put on that in that little sheet. You can kind of um, click these boxes here to uh, indicate that you don't really like them. So you can dislike them in two different ways. One would be a line. So like a line in the sand, like, please don't have this in the game at all. I would be, I would hate for this to come up even in the least. And also a veil, which is, I don't really like this, but um, as long it can happen, but then we kind of fade to black or move on or something like that. So for example, I have uh, the joke I always make is that I've already checked sexual content as a veil. It's kind of the, the half one where you put the veil over. So kind of um, if anyone ends up having sex in this game for some reason, just like, yep, that, that sure did happen. And then move moving on, we fade to black and the next scene instead of, you know, rolling constitution checks and stuff. So feel free to uh, fill in any of those you want to. And I also have the warnings that I had sent you for this one in particular that are almost certainly going to happen anyway, just as a reminder. But 
I think that's all the character stuff we need to think about now. I'll let you, I'll give you folks a minute. I'll refresh my drink and uh, get back to you in a second. Okay. Are any of these speaking to anybody? Any of the, I figured to start with that. Start with the drives and that kind of thing. Yeah. So far, I am a fisherman. That's what I've got so far. So not a drive yet. I just have my name. I'm going to do a ranger because I feel like that's dope. Nice. I agree. Hmm. Smuggler. Let's do that because smugglers are usually handsomes. Leech squared. I don't know what that means. It says the uh, superscript indicates that there's another occupation with the same name, but with a different skill combination. So there's another leech that we don't have access to. Oh, okay. Oh, and when you pick it, it auto-generates your skills? Yeah, pretty cool. Oh, interesting. I did not did not know that. So I think for my, for my drive, I think I'm feeling learn the fate of my missing crewmates. Hold that for now. Oh, a leech is like a doctor. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. All right, I'm going to go nuts and go with sorcerer. We do need a magic man. Like that Fleetwood Mac song, Magic mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Uh, Jacob, your character in the Reptile God game was called Cassian, right? Sare. Kazair. <gasps> Kazair. Oh, go with Cassian. Hmm. I'm getting real mopey with it. Uh, my drive is going to be make enough money for my estranged kids and wife. Nice. That's All a right. Good goal. That's pretty amazing. One last job. One last ride for family. Oh, go cool. 
Inspector Gabagoo, what are you doing mm-hmm. here? Uh, I oh. should have been Inspector Gabagoo, oh. <laughs> which is just my really bad New Yorker Bobby Moynihan impression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they got murdered. I don't know what to tell you. They're dead. And you can just put him in any movie, like Batman. He's the one who's consoling Bruce Wayne when the parents die. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Some guy came in and shot him. Probably should have given him the pearls. I'm Inspector Gabago. <laughs> Austin, what we should have done was we should have played our Scottish exorcists. Our, <laughs> uh, what was it? Their non-believer or what was it? Skeptical Scottish uh, exorcists. I don't remember. I feel, I feel shitty. I don't remember what you're it's talking okay. about. There's like, we were talking about like a little girl like floating from the bed and it's just two Scottish guys going like, get down from there. <laughs> oh yeah. That does sound familiar. <laughs> what kind of wires is she on? I really love this description for rust. Erode an object with the ravages of time. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of the description here are really good. Do we have to change the ruin manually, or does it automatically change when we add more rituals? Um, my guess is it'll automatically change, but I'm not sure on that. Okay. I'd not test that. Oh, you, you've added a couple, so it looks like it didn't, way. yeah. Oh yeah, um, I don't know if I had said that, but when you add uh, um, rituals too, that's your new ruin that you're making. It, that's the lowest it could it can go anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was obvious or not, but just in case. spooky stuff in there like hollow it's wild mm. it's gonna happen to me I thought that was dope I picked uh, I picked hollow myself yeah it's cool I'm trying to decide how much this fisherman wants to learn the fate of his uh, missing crewmates uh just death. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's how they learn. It's by dying. Who knows? Like somebody's gonna have drowned, so I'm gonna take it.
And you said, uh, David, that six is our lost point. Yeah, when, or once our ruined you, point. Yeah, once you get to six, your your character's done. Dunzo. Usually horrifically killed. Excellent. Oh, we can add a thousand more rows beneath. Why not? <laughs> Dude, do it. He's not going to notice. Oh, I never know. <laughs> so weird. I just won't die. <laughs> so many rows. Thought this was supposed to be scary. Really love that weather is one of the fisherman skills. Uh, it's raining. Yeah. <laughs> Just like a really disappointing version, though. Yeah, I'm quite certain that it's raining. Mm -hmm. It feels as though it is sprinkling. What was that? Was that in Drop Dead Gorgeous, where one girl was like, I can tell if it's raining if I'm outside? <laughs> was that Was that the movie? Maybe. I'm just thinking of the Mean Girls one where Amanda Siegfried's already <laughs> outside and it's raining. And she's like, there's about a 40% chance that it's already raining. <laughs> Maybe that's Mean Girls that I'm thinking of. I think I'm done. Yeah, I might I might be as well. I know okay. I am also. If you want to uh, double check my homework, uh, David. You should do a teach. <laughs> oh, oh coach, is, coach is gonna may need to uh, bust my ass. Change your ruin to what's that? For your ruin. Oh, oh. Uh, it, it's not updating on its own for. Oh, reason. I'm missing a ruin. Oh, you're so ruinous. I'll physically change it. We're changing it to form, or I have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it doesn't auto do it. Man, you guys are you're all very close to ruin. I love it. Um, look at my drive, man. Already ruined. You know me. My boy's on the ice, close to Bruins, right? Boo! Oh, shut up, Sean. Fuck you. God. All right. Uh, yeah. So, you want to uh, introduce your characters just real fast? Just kind of the the elevator pitch, I guess. We'll start with uh, Austin if you want. We'll go uh, anti Windershins. Uh, okay, so you just want the elevator pitch. You don't want us like doing a scene with them or anything like that. You just want what the spiel is. Yeah, just the real. Or I guess uh, let me set the scene. So this is the um, kind of the voyage to this uh, coastal town. And I, I think it's not even named. It's just like so insignificant. Just coastal town. There it is. Um, and you've uh, you've had to sail here, and it's a uh, it's been surprisingly easy. Um, for some some of you it might be like the first time you've ever been on a, a ship maybe you're a little nervous other times I mean the fishermen especially probably this is an old hat but yeah the first first person we see kind of looking out on the deck decks of this uh, ship kind of as the uh, we see the fog clear in this village kind of come into view um, what does he look like there Austin Nima is a woman in her uh late 20s or early 30s and she's um, standing out like looking 
with her with her arms on kind of like a guardrail looking out onto onto the sea and she's wearing kind of one of those outfits that Daenerys Targaryen would wear when she gets meaner in the later episode in the later seasons um and it kind of looks like uh, something out of a vampire the masquerade slash matrix type thing but medievalified a bit and it's got long sleeves it probably has the weird half gloves that don't make a stitch of sense uh maybe at some point in history they did and she has um long black hair that's done almost in kind of a katniss everdeen braid and she's kind of looking out like um like keen-eyed but intense and uh i think i think she says like how far are we back to somebody yeah about this other person we see standing next to uh nima would be a uh, jacob's character so we uh see a bearded burly man with one hand and a peacoat pocket uh, in the mist and he responds we'll be there soon enough ooh I love it yeah very terse and then maybe uh, from a few paces away Justin's character sees that whole conversation. What does he look like? Yorshi? So, uh, my character, Russell, or he's known as Rush, uh, he's probably going to be leaning on the side of the boat as he's overhearing this. And uh, he's, um, I'll say, around early 30s, little overweight, uh, big beard, hair kind of pulled back in dreadlocks, um, kind of tannish skin. And he's wearing a very dirty ranger leathers, so hood, um, you know, studded uh, leather armor. And um, essentially he's drinking from a hip flask as uh, he spits into the water and just says, I hope it's soon. I hate waiting. Oh, amazing. Now I have uh, another question to ask everybody kind of in turn as we as the the ship kind of docks at this uh um maybe the I, i'm thinking like the docks are even like bigger than the actual city like there's more places to uh you know put up your boats um than there are like houses you can see kind of over the, the tiny little wall you know like coquino wall probably um but as everyone's getting kind of situated i guess disembarking um yeah nima um, you kind of have, you kind of have a, um, or you've heard tales of horrors of the sea, um, that, uh, you're always warned about, um, anyone who crosses the ocean or anything like that. Um, you tell me what it is. And there's also a little chart here that if you can't think of something, you can roll it randomly and I can tell you what it is and you can add detail to it. But what do you think? Um, is some horrific thing that kind of sets you ill at ease by traveling so close to the sea here. Nima has heard these old 
old fishwives' tales and old sailors' tales when they're when they're drunk and babbling on to her as she was trying to buy her way onto a ship here or there um, and get in get some of the information that uh, helped them to get the, uh, get pointed to this island. And it was about the drowned sailors and how the drowned sailors of of the ages um, are their their whales and the noise, not the creature, how their whales uh, can be heard. Like sometimes they come up to uh, to drag down others to join them in their horrible, lonesome, cold, wet fate. Which, of course, she thinks she may think about, but then pushes it off as I'm a sorceress. I've seen I know I know of true magic, not petty superstitions of the unwashed and illiterate. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And in kind of the same vein, uh, Orlean has heard in his long life as a fisherman, um, you know, also things that he's probably struggled to put to the back of his mind, too. Orlin. So he doesn't like to look stern, like out the stern side. I don't know how to uh, say like a fisherman, but uh, because... He, when he does, when he kind of accidentally glances back that way, he always sees a tattered, sailed, black-tarred vessel following just at the edge of the horizon, just peeking out um, with gleaming cannons and uh, a tall sail and never sees any people on it but again tries not to look too hard at it so um he's always trying to look ahead what about rush has he heard stories of the sea that he doesn't appreciate (laughs) (laughs) um just things i've heard about uh boats disappearing people disappearing and uh there's nothing more scary than not knowing what's below the deep in the depths when uh, water goes from that nice blue into that murky black. And that makes me very uneasy. Who is there some, why does it make him uneasy? Is there some kind of tangible thing that he's worried about there? Uh, fear of the unknown, which I feel has haunted him for quite some time. And there's nothing more unknown than what you can't see or understand. Yeah, I love that. Orlin, to uh, elaborate briefly. Um, uh, why why okay. do you think... I'm going to ask you a follow-up here. Why do you think that ghost ship is real? I so... think... Oh, my bad. No problem. <laughs> so... Um... It's not only is it always there when Orlin has the misfortune to either have to look back or uh, or accidentally does on drunk, uh, I don't know, days where they caught a lot of fish. He um, sees it no matter what the weather is. It can be pouring down, raining, and it's still the same level of clarity that it's there. Um he's never asked anyone else about whether they see a ship 
because that would kind of violate the code of those that do sail the seas uh, uh, as their livelihood, because everyone has tales and uh, unknown occurrences that uh, it feels against the rules, the unwritten rules of the sea to burden others with. And so it's been probably decades that he has seen it on and off uh, and on occasion it has come closer or pulled further back and on the occasion on the one occasion that he saw the ship following or a ship like it following something that was not himself it was following crewmates that took a smaller vessel like to shore on uh, on an excursion that he did not attend. You three treasure hunters, I think uh, you at least know each other. You've maybe uh, attempted to get some treasures elsewhere before, but uh, obviously not enough, or you know maybe not at all. So you're not exactly friends, but you've you've traveled a little bit with each other, you know. And as you're kind of getting off the docks and going into this city proper, you see kind of a, it's the, uh, yeah, the green tide festivals, the, the first kind of hint of spring. So maybe there's all these like flowering, um, plants <laughs> called flowers usually, uh, that are out kind of, a displayed, maybe, a you know, it's, everything's very brightly, um, colored and there's ribbons everywhere, you know, especially favoring green, um, people, even though it's kind of a uh, a very small, uh, secluded kind of area, there seems to be a lot of, not a lot, but a good number of other visitors here to see this festival. Like you're not the only people kind of uh, coming in on a ship or anything, or seem to be out of place, perhaps. But um, despite that, um, this, like, impossibly old man, um, he's got this, uh, like, scraggly beard, like, almost to like the middle of his chest, you know, um, it almost looks like netting. It's like barely washed. I mean, it's a uh, probably very familiar to Orlin. It's like, Oh, this, this man has been out to sea for a long time. It's, he's got like a, you know, like uh leathery, like just sun bleached skin. Um, it's like this person should have died long, long time ago. This, how is he holding on? And he kind of stumbles, limps kind of over to the three of you and kind of just like points his finger out and just like ah treasure hunters eh i can i know i know those uh that look in the eye of from 12 leagues away we're just here for the festival old man uh a coy one well then he kind of uh maybe if, if you're uh, trying to walk away he kind of just follows, like, um, drags one of his feet behind him and is kind of just following the three of you, I guess. I'm just like, ah, oh, no, I, I understand that. I understand that desperation, that, that thirst at your lips, but the treasures that we, uh, we folk here just send away. Don't think I didn't think about it in my youth. Can we help you, old timer? And then he, uh, he kind of maybe steps in front of everybody and just puts his hand up. Just like leans in closer. Just like, well, yeah, 
the thing is how I can help you. You see, there's a cove out on that island there. That's where we're gonna, not too far from where we're gonna put our uh, offerings and, well, things have a way of washing up there. Not many people know about it, but, but I do. I could tell you for the right price. Why don't you tell us where a nice inn is? And I think she flicks him, like, flicks him the equivalent of a dollar. Yeah, and he just immediately catches whatever coin you give. Just tell, tell us tell us a good place to, to get a hot meal and a, and, a, and a warm bed. And he kind of just looks at everybody. Just like, oh, well, there's plenty of that uh, to be found here, especially during Green Tide. That's not the thing to look for. You should be looking for us the cove. No, no interested parties. He kind of uh, maybe takes a step back. He's like, I'm sure there's be other treasure hunters here. They might be more curious. Sorry, what was that? I'm a little deaf in this here. And yeah, I think he uh, he like rubs his like disgusting beard. Mm-hmm. Just like ah, well, that's something we share then. He kind of leans in closer, like taking interest. Yeah, taking interest in you now, Rush, and just like, well, now, there's as I was saying to them, there's that cove, in that island. If, if you can imagine all of the the things that these kings and princes came, hundreds of years to to deposit there, now add to all the ships, lose their way and wash up against those that rocky cove. It'll be enough for, well, anyone to die happy there with all the riches they get. Why haven't you been there? He kind of um, maybe looks down at his leg. She's like, well, my swimming day is over. Commandeer a boat. No? Well, that's, it's a treacherous island out there. Don't know if I could make it too far. I won't, uh, if you, if you end up there and bring some things back, I would not deny a, a handful. So from Nima's perspective, uh, there's a combination of, she thinks she does not need this old man's help, but mm-hmm. also that this is a, that this is a scam. And so doesn't want this old man knowing, uh, what we're here to do would rather would rather not deal with him. So she's just keeping up the like fine fine shoeshine boy move along. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like all right, well looking at the amount of teeth you don't have if there's any place that we uh, that, that's around here that has particularly sweet taffy will come to you to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he's still uh, over here with Rush and just kind of uh glares at uh Nemo over there. It's like a- you don't like taffy? He's like, everybody loves taffy. That's not even what I'm thinking about. Which is about that. Well, just thinking about if I were that young again, I could make some different choices, go out and get that get that treasure myself. My life would have been so much different. But you've got that chance now here. Uh, if you if you want it, just uh. Promise me a little thing on your way back. That's all I'm asking. 
Think I might be able to do that? What's your name? It's Taffy. It's Taffy Taffy. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, he I I think that's brilliant. He just kind of uh uh yeah, he winks his eyes and just like, well, you can call me Taffy. Taffy it is. Rush. He sh like puts out this hand, it's like weirdly wet. I uh I take the wet, clammy hands and shake it. Uh yeah, so then he kind of just shakes this uh solemnly and just like maybe he takes you aside and we just see uh him like whispering kind of the directions of this cove area to rush only. And he, he kind of looks over his shoulder afterward, like specifically to Nima, and just like <laughs> smiles with his like disgusting yellow teeth and then just kind of hobbles away. And then you're in this village. All right. So what is kind of the climate of this area? Are we imagining kind of like a like a wet, cold Irish coastline kind of where it's like craggy? Is yeah, it, it is jungly. No, they we did say it's a it's very rocky, like craggy kind of a, I guess, northern beach kind of thing. But although many of us grew up in southern beach towns, I'm sure some of that's going to seep in. Um, okay. And so when we're talking this, like you said, the village is small where maybe even the docks are larger and there's a lot of boats in, in the, in those docks because it's this, uh, festival. Um, mm -hmm. you said there's kind of a short coquina wall or like shell or rock wall, like surrounding the village or the town. Yeah. And it's, um, like probably uh, shorter than you. It's not, it's not going to, it's going to not keep out anything, but like animals and things okay so yeah as you're kind of walking into this village the uh like i said it's very colorful and there's seems to be a lot of um like tourists kind of people there maybe you see someone that's uh um wearing like an outfit that's obviously like very far and it's like i've i've never even seen this material this is very strange um who knows where that person's from um there's kind of family there's a lot of children kind of maybe they're like singing this weird rhythmic tune like but it's a uh, cute children doing it so of course that's not weird the the most striking thing is kind of um probably not too far from the docks i guess but uh um there's this big kind of a uh, looks like a statue at first and as you get closer it's you can tell it's um it's probably this effigy it's this woman that's kind of standing up very tall it's probably like 12 12 or more feet tall um it's kind of um it's, uh like a driftwood kind of skeleton and they're putting all of these uh like dried out leaves of kelp and um sea grass and like a uh, moss and things like to hold it together and there's specifically this uh maybe there's like a the scaffolding kind of thing like a few stairs that go up so you can very um you know you can easily reach this uh kind of the what serves as its rib cage but it has a big trap door that opens up and they're kind of uh maybe a, a bunch of the children are kind of like putting little flowers into its uh little green dress that it has on but yeah uh can i yeah. can i kneel next to one of the kids and uh kind of yeah. go can i put some flowers in what's this for and they kind of uh 
I'm going to say it's two twins to make it more creepy. They're like, they just kind of look at each other and giggle and then look back and they're like, Mr. That's, that's the tide queen. We're, we're going to send her out today. You didn't know? No, I didn't know. Where are you sending her to? We're going to send her down into the waves so she can make all our dreams come true. When what are your dreams? Or is it a secret? You can't tell or it won't come true. Yeah, and they kind of look at each other and giggle again. Like, I won't you're, not su- you're not supposed to say your wish aloud until you give an offering. Save All right. Me. And what's your offering? The flowers? She's like, no, no. I'm just trying to make her pretty before she goes and has to swim forever. And I think uh, Nima, is, Nima is somewhat somewhat standing nearby like here he, like overhearing a little bit of this conversation and i think she just looks up at like all the stuff that's being stuffed into this um great sea effigy and she just says like pretty indeed and uh she's going to i think head off to a like a merchant or something like that to go buy some supplies yeah sure um and yeah, what's Orlin doing during this? Looking around with a wary eye. Doesn't feel moved by much. Is just observing. Very obviously wary. Still hasn't removed the one hand from the pocket of the coat. Mm, yeah. And I think uh, maybe to you too, it's, it's like, oh... You've seen a dozen, a hundred of these like coastal villages before. They're all like very gray and dreary, but not this one in particular. And all of this uh, color that's, you know, all over it right now, just uh, like paper and ribbon and flowers and stuff. It's very like you can tell, oh, this is just a farce. This is just like every other village. This is this is nothing special. Yeah, it has all the same problems. Maybe worse. Yeah. So, um, yeah, actually, Nemo, um, are you doing anything in particular? Do you, uh, are you just getting a random supplies or do you want to, what are you thinking? Trying to get information too? So her, her goal is to, is to do information is probably a good idea though. She thinks that, uh, she can get information in a, in a more direct way, perhaps, um, magic, uh, one of her goals is to go and like buy, to go to to go to some different merchants and buy stuff so it doesn't seem too suspicious. So she'll get food that we would have at like just whatever, and then she'll also be like, like oh, and some jer- jerky and salt fish for the for the oarsmen on the ship, and like that kind of thing, and just kind of like like get something nicer, and then kind of to try to mask what what she's doing because in her from her perspective if that old man bothered them about this right away she's um she doesn't want to clue in these locals as to what's going on yeah and i think to uh kind of contrast this uh this old fisherman taffy um these uh maybe these merchants and maybe just people that you're um you know, observing in the village or running into, they probably are very friendly. They're like, oh, you must be a tourist. Oh, wow. Every, we love when people participate in the green tide. It's the best. Oh, what yes, are you going to offer? 
I've heard so much about the festival. Why, I've I've brought a little something of little something of my own, and she pats her pocket. Um, I brought a little something of my own to send off to the seas. I'm so excited. It's 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 taller than I thought it would be. And uh, maybe this this person or the merchant, whoever you're talking to, um, is just like, oh yes, it's going to be great. At, um, right before sundown, very soon, we're going to make our offerings. It's going to be incredible. Get your get your uh, your wish ready to give to the uh, Tide Queen. Oh, ex- excellent. Now, can I also get, let, let's say, 300 cubits of rope? Those, <laughs> those idiots on the ship, uh, they... Have, have you heard of have you heard of these fishermen smoking smoking it? <laughs> oh, terrible! <laughs> this person like hides their pipe somewhere that they are smoking a bunch of rope. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even think a lot of like there's not a lot of uh, people trying to uh, sell stuff like that. Ah, Maybe just uh, like almost only unless you go to do business with people um, are they even open? Like maybe uh that <laughs> that rope dealer that. Uh, Nemo went to was kind of the exception and Taffy was the exception too he was trying to I don't know sell his rumor or whatever but a lot of people are kind of like closed it's a it's just a big party kind of like a lot of people are drinking not even maybe in this tavern let's see yeah what's Rush doing during all this um so Rush would like to go to if there's any kind of like tavern or bar and I'm already in the middle of conversation, pretending I'm drunk, and I'm going to say, and that's the fifth time I smoked a rope. Um, <laughs> it's a real buzz, man. It's it's cool, though. It's cool. Uh, no, nah, I'm new around these parts, and uh, I hear that there's wishing and a queen, and you're going to drown a lady. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, and I think these, these people are definitely very friendly. Um, they offer you, they probably, yeah, like so many of these locals are just like, Next round's on me. Next round's on me. Even if you're not really even drinking. Just like, yeah, sure. Oh, I take all of those. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very easy to tell that the whole village is in very high spirits. Um and handing out spirits. But um Oh boo. Yeah, you kind of get the same the same general rules um that um Nima got of this festival. Kind of that, um, you everyone gives something uh, an offering, and then, but maybe something more is that these these folks will tell you that um, your offering has to kind of match the gift that you want to receive. Otherwise, the uh, the tide queen will be very upset, and you might just get a, a curse instead of a boon. So make sure make sure not to wish too lofty, unless your offering is to match all right so i can't wish for like 10 horses if i throw in a horseshoe that's a good example sir um oh maybe one of them will say like oh bad luck to do business on green tide don't this one's on me kind of thing and i think especially after they they get a few drinks in one of these uh people that you've been um conversing with here rush is uh Now, now I'm going out on the flotilla. That's the best part of it. Um, I'm taking my ship. Uh, I've got some room. You're very welcome to come with us. I got uh, I got two other buddies who might want to be looking into this. Uh, think you got room for three? We don't take up much room. Maybe he 
he goes to the, the person next to him. Uh, you could go with your brother, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can, we can make room. That's fine. All right. What's your name, friend? Why are you asking people's names when I don't even have? Because I need to know who I'm going, <laughs> whose boat I'm going on. Yeah, Barrow is his name. Barrow. Well, he has to be telling the truth. His neck's high, so I trust him. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I just say, like, all right, just no bullshit. It's just you and me. This green tide thing, this ain't real, right? You just put in wishes and then, uh, you know, you go, uh. Oh, yeah. And I think when you say that, um, this this man's kind of smile fades a little bit and he kind of looks up, um, just like strokes his chin a little bit. He's like, well, that's a good, uh, I mean that's it's all silly fantasy, you know. It's just a it's just an excuse to have a good time. But I will say, it's a uh, the ocean's not anything to be trifled with, you know. The uh, the tide they say must have its due. So, but no, I'm, tide queens. Uh, it's it's all <laughs> fantasy made up. But I'm just saying. I I mean I don't trifle with the sea. I just don't make wishes to it. I mean, what, what would you do? Wave back? That was a joke, son. Well, I will say, when I make wishes to get uh, enough fish to feed my family and those I love every year, it usually comes true. Well, if it ain't broke, you don't fix it, right? He's like, I like the way you think. Get him another one. Yeah, no, I would love alcohol. <laughs> yeah, and then... uh What's Orlin, Arlene, is it Arlen? Arlen doing during this? Orlin. Orlin, yeah. Um, he is very suspicious, and in his mind, he has this feeling of he knows a lure when he sees one, mm-hmm. and this is bringing people in for centuries, and it's uh, just really rubs him the wrong way, but by the same token, all these rubes being lured in is part of why there's all the treasure. So he's a little bit ambivalent about that. Um, and I think he's more concerned with what the ocean is like in this area, specifically, as it's not an area he's been to much. So I think he would try to wander around and find if any working fishermen are out, maybe like repairing a net or doing something that is very clearly not wrapped up in the entire event, uh, if there's anyone like that around. Oh, okay. So I, I think you uh, you have to search around a bit to find someone that's not really in the village proper. And when you do, um, maybe they are work, like carrying a net or something back to the village, like a big net like over their shoulders, you know? And you, you can tell, oh, obviously it's a fisherman. Maybe a comparable age to you. Um, and he is, do you say anything to him or? Scrunt. Yeah. And he's kind of just, uh, yeah, does the, uh, the head nod thing and just walks on by you, like back into the village, I guess. But yeah, it looks like almost everybody, they are even like leaving these, these boats kind of tethered, not really guarded or anything. But yeah, maybe if you watch this guy go back, he takes this net and kind of um, gets some help with a couple other villagers and kind of drapes this big net over the uh, the Tide Queen effigy. 
and kind of uh, spruces up a little bit and the those children come back and like uh, weave little you know flowers into it and such and it looks like um, maybe the sun's getting low and you can tell that oh this kind of a ritual kind of thing or not ritual but kind of a celebration <laughs> there's a spell ritual thing in here not that but <laughs> something different uh, maybe people are kind of gathering in front of the the effigy here and they're all like holding different things yeah maybe it just starts like you uh yeah well i'll, I'll give this to you uh orlin what what's the um like the interesting thing that kind of uh sets the the offering time up is it like a song or a dancer well what would be the the transition there I'm thinking it's something uh, like at a bunch of smaller places around the, uh, like where the Tide Queen is, they burn this like really foul smelling material, like tar and I don't know, uh, something that smells bad when you burn it. Uh, maybe maybe like rotting meat or something like oh, yeah. stuff that went bad, like fish heads and things like that, that wasn't used. And so that doesn't really light up much. Like it's kind of smoldering stuff, but it's this really odorous stench. That's very apparent, uh, is kind of, um, it's almost got that scent to it where like, like perfume, they say has like a base that's a really horrible smell and then they like add other stuff into it as well it's kind of got this smell of it's somehow not uh, repulsive even though it clearly smells very bad oh yeah I love that that's very interesting so yeah everyone kind of um, takes a whiff of this like uh, very um, I don't know pungent kind of uh, thing going on not quite terrible, but not good in any sense. And it kind of signals everybody. Maybe there's a like a Nima with the merchant. They kind of are like, "All right, we got to go." They close up shop, kind of push you out. Um, same with the tavern uh, that rushes in. And everyone kind of maybe like, you know, everyone's arms are over everyone's shoulder coming out of the tavern. They're like, "Yeah, this is gonna be great." And everyone kind of gathers in front of this, um, you know, the the Tide Queen, and kind of one by one go up these steps and kind of place something in kind of say something they say it out loud but based on where you are it's like they're really talking to the tide queen not really so everyone can hear them but they're not keeping it a secret either so you might hear a couple like protect my son kind of a um i wish i was taller yeah maybe stuff like that how did they know um, it was me that's yes yeah, so, <laughs> Ooh, that's good uh, yeah, there's um, a lot of kind of banal kind of wishes. There's some sweet, some sad, you know, it's the whole spectrum. And those kids come over and kind of put a little maybe like toy or something into this like rib cage that's, that's exposed here. So can we go up and take part in this? Yeah, yes. and I think they're specifically kind of uh, pushing you into this line like, go ahead. Do you want to go first there, Nima? Sure. She kind of like walk. She struts up to this thing, 
and um so yeah i think i want to ask you real quick kind of when you're at the the top step and you're so close to the tide queen now you can see it in you know all of its glory um what's something that um, makes you uneasy about it as she's walking up to it and it's kind of becoming more clear to her that it's just this thing like made of these weeds and other things kind of woven together almost like this big kind of bamboo or um wicker effigy Mm-hmm. Um, the whole time she's just thinking like how dumb these people are uh, for like kind of like worshipping this idol that's just this mushed together thing that's going to sink in uh, in mere hours or a day or so and she feels like kind of very superior as she, as she walks up and as she gets right up to the point where she's um, reaching into her pocket to take out what she's going to put in um she sees the she sees some of the other things people have dropped in and some of them are there's a lot of things that are valuable there's a lot of uh, either coins some jewelry um, but there's um, she looks down and um, there's like body parts in there oh yeah like there's clearly like someone's thrown in like a finger there's an ear someone has like a bunch of teeth she thinks she sees like um animal sacrifices and like possibly maybe like like oh is that a arm or a leg or something like that like there might be human sacrifices that have gone into this as well and i think Ooh, she's like okay. and I, and i think she her her conf her confidence that she her confidence in her own superiority to what's going on here shakes for a moment and she kind of is in, taken uh, aback. In that moment, Orlin, kind of maybe one person, a couple people back in line or something like that will step up and kind of, uh, I don't know, I guess to Nima, appear beside Nima with this like familiar air of stern terseness um and kind of push her hand away from putting something in and say don't make a deal when you don't know the terms of the contract in like a low voice and walk and then he'll walk away you'll see uh, oh why just a just a simple wish on this on this day and she takes a like a ring out of her pocket and i think she uh we can see that it's like um oh it's like a what what are one of those rings that you have that's like a crest a signet like a seal, ring a signet ring type of thing and i think she says like 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 oh i'll i'll find she just says aloud like oh i'll find you again little friend my little treasure and then you'll be and then you'll really be mine and what do you wish for that's the wish. She wants to find that ring again. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then they kind of escort you down. And those stern men that gave you that um, advice kind of, you know, squint their eyes and watch you, watch you go but, uh, back to the crowd, I guess. And then... Oh, go ahead. I don't know what stern men you're talking about. That was... No, that was Orlin. Oh, okay. No, Orlin uh, was saying that. Oh, yeah, Orlin walked up and... Uh, oh, gotcha. 
advised against participating. Oh, gotcha. I, I, I misunderstood. I thought you were talking about uh, people from the crowd. That that's even in- more interesting. So yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. I think they. I think they're all about it. I was surprised people weren't like attacking me when I walked back. But uh, mm. um. So yeah, I think when you're right there, they kind of uh, the whole crowd is kind of looking to Orlin expectantly, like your turn. And I think, assuming you go up to these steps, um, like what about this Tide Queen is uh, just unnaturally or otherworldly, maybe beautiful to you? I think there's this notion to Orlin of the labor and lives that went into making something like this, knowing where they would have found, how far... Uh, off the coast they would have found kelp like this, how far under the waves how difficult it would be to construct something this large um, and the hubris to do it just as winter is turning to spring and it's beautiful and saddening at the same time to see all this labor for something that in Orland's mind is sinister and not well-meaning and so uh, he k- kind of makes no qualms about... He, he walked up to it because that is the, um, the tradition. And as a man of the sea, he understands that tradition is all that ties a lot of these places together, whether for good or ill. But he just will... Not trying to hide it again like these other people, but he'll just say to, the, to this effigy... Um, I've given more than I wanted to to the sea. I hope to give no more, but I've never expected much in return. And then he will walk back. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I think as you kind of um, say that, and, it, and like you said, uh, very clearly uh, not putting anything into the the cage, I guess, the rib cage. Um, there's au- just audible gasps. Um, in the crowd well you can't hear what's going on behind me but uh, there's audible gasps and uh, there's some jeers maybe especially from like children and stuff but then you know their parents kind of shush them and they kind of gotta put something in there yeah basically and uh, but they kind of you know let you come back down and maybe as you settle back into the crowd to, to watch the rest of the people just everyone takes a step away from you and then I think maybe a few more people go up and then it's a uh, Russia's turn. And as, as you make this, yeah. Oh, just real, real quick. Please. Uh, as you take this, uh, you know, the climb up these few steps, um, I'm going to ask you the same question. Uh, what feature of the tide queen? Um, I'm going to go with makes you uneasy again. I would say how like her makeshift eyes make me uneasy. I feel like they follow but there's no discernible like human characteristics. It's like putting two dots on like an inanimate object to give it a personality or a personification or, and doing that just makes me uneasy. So I make sure not to make extended eye contact with, uh, with her. Um, yeah, I love that. <laughs> and I will say I, I did take note of the exchange between my two comrades and, um, what I'll do is I'll just kind of look behind, sheepishly smile, take a drink, and uh, I'd like to palm 
from my ring finger, uh, my wedding band, and put it in. And uh, I'm just going to say very quietly, just provide for them and keep them safe, all right? And then uh, I'm going to go, man, I hope I get those uh, those super hot girls, those those <laughs> uh, those really attractive women. I can't wait. Ty Queen's going to pull through. See, unnerving. So yeah, I'm just going to play it off. The, yeah, the guys, they, the guys from the bar, are like, yeah, yeah, they kind of clap <laughs> you on the back, like, oh, why didn't I think of that one? That's like the first thing I thought of. Yeah, a guy with then, a guy with very straight hair is like, I wished for super hot curls, huh? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <and> then, <laughs> so yeah, I think maybe we uh we pull out, you know, the camera. Um, as more and more of these villagers are kind of putting their offerings into this thing. Um, and we see maybe a Orlin here, like everyone, he's kind of isolated now. Like everyone's kind of moved to one side as we keep going out. And I think the camera now is going to focus on this, uh, like Pelican out in the sea. Like we're, we're now like in the waves, you know, this Pelican, um, has, you can tell it's like, I don't know. What is that? The neck gullet. I don't know what there's surely a name for that. Um, the little thing with the pelicans. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, it's just like overflowing with fish. Like it has so much in here. Um, it's so content. It's just like keeping them. You can kind of like almost see them like wiggling around in its disgusting neck thing, keeping them safe for some reason. And then just like suddenly the shark comes out and just <laughs> eats it in like one bite and takes it down into the, the ocean as we keep going out. And we see like the craggy island a little offshore. Thanks for joining us for our first episode of Trophy Dark here on This American Dice. Thanks to Jacob, Justin, David for running the game, and Austin for just being handsome. Join us next week when we'll have another exciting episode of Trophy Dark. Trophy Dark was designed by Jesse Ross, published by The Gauntlet and Hedge Maze Press. Be sure to check us out on Facebook for exciting announcements, and be sure to leave a review, subscribe to the show, and tell a friend. See you next week. But before we go, check out one of our buddies. I'm glad you made it. This one is going to be dangerous. Dangerous? I expect much resistance. And the main threat? You know, the usual. Ghost, demon, zombies, aliens, and then the greatest threat of them all. Vanity, desperation, despair. Things that drive our enemy to seek contact from the other side. Is your order of podcasters ready for this one? Always. The Order of Podcasters, available now on your favorite podcast app. Why don't you tell us where a nice inn is? And I think she flicks him, like flicks him the equivalent of a dollar. But he accidentally goes in his throat and he chokes to death. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm a pelican. First one down. (laughs) (laughs) The death count thing goes cling. I, uh, I take the wet, clammy hands and shake it. Yeah. He's and just then, literally uh, holding clams. 
Give me the clams. <laughs> Sorry, those were clams. Here are my hands. Yeah. We did say it's a it's very rocky, like craggy, kind of a I guess northern beach kind of thing. But although many of us grew up in southern beach towns, I'm sure some of that's going to seep in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy was dressed in a Jimmy Buffett shirt, by yeah. the way, in case that didn't uh, wasn't clear to everyone. Yeah, the cove is a retirement home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, someone shows up on a oh, fuck it. Never mind. Sorry, did I say cove? I meant coconut grove. Yeah, Miami. Delicious. Probably uh, shorter than you. It's not. It's not gonna. It's gonna not keep out anything but like animals and things. Okay. Well, my character is only thirteen inches tall. Oh no! I, I should have asked. It. Yeah, you should have. Uh, and I'm fifteen inches wide. Yeah, and they kind of look at each other and giggle again. Like, oh, you're, not su- you're not supposed to say it until you put it in. Oh, let me let me change that. Austin's face. And what's your offer in the flowers? It's like, um, <laughs> yeah, Mister, I'm just a fucking kid. What else? <laughs> I threw some lemonade in there last year. <laughs> no, she's what like, fu- uh, what the fuck do you want me to do? What do you want? Like, Maybe they're like singing this weird rhythmic tune, like, but it's a uh, cute children doing it. So of course that's not weird. It's that but, song from the end of uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know oh, a friend shit. of mine. Now, what <laughs> is a horse? A Anyone guy, got a, a horse? Yeah. A drunk guy stumbles up. He's like, a friend of mine had uh, he had thrown in a dead horse, hoping to get himself a live horse, but he just got ten dead horses. Oh, it was a pet cemetery situation. It was a pet cemetery situation. Now, sir, right. can I interest <laughs> you in purchasing any of these fine? Uh, and he's just trying to sell you, I don't know, like collectible spoons. And it's just these crudely Dan scr- Flash he's crudely, t-shirts. Cr- <laughs> yeah. He's crudely yeah. scrawled on them, like uh, the image of the little sea sea queen. No. 